Welcome to this week's podcast from Free Chapel in Orange County. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, check out our website at freechapel.org. Are you ready? I'm going to preach this. Are you good? Are you with me? Habakkuk 1, 1 verse 1, it says, The burden, the burden which the prophet Habakkuk saw, O Lord, how long shall I cry and how, and you will not hear, even cry out to you violence and you will not save. Why do you show me iniquity and cause me to see trouble for plundering and violence are before me. There is strife and contention arises. Therefore, the law is powerless and justice never goes forth for the wicked summon the righteous. Therefore, perverse judgment proceeds. How many feeling lifted up by those few verses? Come on, that's a bit dis- <laughs> it's a bit um, it's a bit depressing, isn't it? But hang with me; it's going to get better. Um, then what, what's really happening here is Habakkuk is a prophet, and I sort of like this because even though he's a man of God, even though he's a prophet, here he's having a a little bit of a moment. You know, he's having a little bit. That's okay; we all have moments, don't we? And what happens is in verse five, then I like this: God comes in, and uh, and God steps in, and God says to him, "Look among the nations and watch; be utterly astounded, for I will work a work in your days." which you would not believe, though it were told you. What's happening is Habakkuk is a prophet in Judah at the time, and Judah is going through a horrible time. There is dissension, there is strife, there is violence, there's disunity, there's quarrelling. There's, I mean, it's crazy. They've gone from when Josiah, this reformation that happened when Josiah was in control, he brought about such change, but then things have swung and things have gotten really bad. And the prophet has, has begun speaking and he's actually, he's almost lashing out a little bit at God, if you really look at it. I mean, he's just, he's having a moment. He's, anybody has a moment? Anyone here ever have a moment? Six people are going to be with me. That's good. Well, you know what I mean? But sometimes, even though we're Christians, even though we're nice in church, even though we know some scriptures, how many know sometimes life just gets on you? Sometimes it just, you have a moment where you lash out. You have a moment, you know. And what I like about this is in verse 5, it's almost like God steps in and gives Habakkuk a bit of a backhander. Do you use that term here in America? In Australia, we call it a backhander. You know what I mean? Yeah, anyone's mum was really good at, you know, a backhander. My mum had a back and a front, you know what I mean? She just got a rhythm. It was like this one motion. She could do it so well. She learned how to do it while she was on the phone, you know what I mean? She'd be talking to someone and just, just two, just whap back. It's, that's what's happening. God just sort of steps in and then God sort of reassures him shakes him a little bit in this moment that he's having and where Habakkuk is whinging and Habakkuk is upset and he's lashing out. But God steps in and God says, look among the nations and watch, be utterly astounded for I will work in your days. I will work a work in your days, which you will not believe though it were told to you. And what he begins to do is, and we just read the start of it, he begins to speak this powerful vision He downloads this incredible vision to Habakkuk about what God is going to do and how God is going to restore it and how God has got a plan and how God's in control and how it's not so bad that it hasn't fallen apart, that He's still got a plan, that He's still got vision. And then He speaks for the rest of, of the chapter. He speaks this vision to Habakkuk over his life and over Judah. 
And then what happens is in Habakkuk 2 verse 2, it says, Then the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time. But at the end it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it, because it will surely come. It will not tarry. Behold, the proud, his soul is not upright in him, but the just shall live by faith. I love this story. I love what this, how this encourages us. And what I want to talk about just real quickly for a few minutes tonight is I want to talk about the power of vision in our lives. Because if you're going to understand, you have to understand what God has called you to do, what God has appointed you for, the destiny and the plan and the purpose that's upon your life. You're going to need to be someone that know how to download a vision from God for your destiny and your purpose. What is vision? Vision, that's exactly what it is. Is Vision is God downloading to us His perspective. It's God's perspective. How many know that sometimes we can get caught so deep in our situation and so deep in what we're walking through and what we're journeying through that we can get out of alignment with God's perspective, can't we? We can get a perspective of our own that's on this particular level. But how many know that God has a different perspective? One of the things that they say when, when they are training seeing eye dogs, and I was reading about this, they were, they were saying that one of the, the, one of the most difficult things when they're training seeing eye dogs is teaching the seeing eye dog to actually understand that his role is to not just see things from the dog's perspective, but his role is to actually see everything from his owner's perspective. And they have to train that seeing eye dog not to just have its eyes down on the ground, looking at the ground, bumping into trash cans, but they have to train that seeing eye dog to understand that what it's got to do is it's got to get a different perspective, a higher perspective on what it is that it's about to face and come into contact with. I had this week, I had the opportunity to go to Texas. Anyone been to Texas before? It was my... um. My first two Texans here, that's good. My first time um, going to Texas. And I flew to Texas and I landed there and we were going to, um, we had, we had uh, um, Pastor um, John Hagee came here a, a while back and preached. Some of you would know him. Powerful, powerful man of God. And he's got a ranch in Texas. And when I say a ranch, I mean like it's a ranch. It's like, I mean, it's like country cowboys, like dudes like shoot stuff. And it's, I mean, it's no joke. You gotta understand, guns are normal to you guys because you're American. I'm Australian. We we see guns on the television. I mean, I don't even think our military have guns. You know, like we just that's just how we roll in Australia. We're just nice, you know. Like I think the worst you'll get from our military is a punch in the face, and that's about it, you know. But 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 we don't have guns, and so over there in I know they have guns here in America, but in Texas they have like guns. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, every now and then, like someone in Orange County might have a gun at home, someone who knows someone that has a gun. These guys have guns like they have cell phones. Do you know what I mean? Like they have on one side of their belt is like a little cell phone holder. The other side is like a gun holder. They're just like walking around the shops, like just chilling like it's normal, you know? I mean, maybe it is for them. I don't know. But, but we flew in there and, and we went in there to go to, to hang out on this ranch with some other pastors. And, and he was doing a bit of a, a, bit of a small gathering. There's about 15 um, pastors and business people there. And, 
And it was awesome. And, and we flew in and, and, and they gave me this, this outfit. They dressed me up like a tree, basically. They give you pants that look like a tree and boots that look like a tree and a hat that looks like a tree. And, and then they send you out into the into the, you know, the scrub, the bush. And I'm thinking to myself, well, I don't sort of want to blend in with this many cats walking around with guns that just seem to want to shoot things that move in the bush. I want to be standing out. You know what I mean? Like, give me a flashing light on my head. You know what I mean? I want to be making some noise. I don't want to be blending in. And what happened is they took me out and they gave, they, they, we, we had this gun and they have, what they have is they have a, a shooting range where you, you have the targets, you know, down, down one end and then you stand up, up the other end and they give you the gun and it's got like a scope on the top. You know, listen to me, I'm talking like I know what it all is. Yeah, and, and, and then there's this dude with me and he's teaching me, you know, what to do and you put the gun in here and you ever done it and you look through the little thing and then you see the little target and then you, you, you pull the trigger and it, it hurts your shoulder like all heck and, and then... It makes a crazy noise and they all sort of cheer and it's yes, like I'm like, what are we doing? You know. <laughs> we went, we went, we did it where they shoot the things go up in the air, you know, the little and you yell out Paul. <laughs> you should have seen me, man. It was so dangerous. Ski, that's what it is. I'm standing there with this guy and I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, Paul. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, man. Oh, I'm just shooting. I don't even know what's going on. But anyway, we're in this thing. What happens is when you look down, you look down the gun range and in the far, far, the very end, there's a board and, and there's paper on it somehow. And it's all a bit of a blur in the distance. But the moment you look, you look in the scope, it gives you a perspective Further down the track, further down the road, that's very different to the spec perspective that I have here in the natural, than what I can see in my natural eye. And it gives me some vision. It gives me some another perspective at what I'm about to do. And that's a picture for us of what a vision is. When God gives you a vision from heaven, it's downloading to you what His perspective is for your situation. It's a download from heaven when you're going through something and you're journeying through something. Perhaps you've got issues going on in your family or, or you're walking through some stuff in your life. Well, you need to be someone that knows how to get a vision from God for your life, a vision from God for your situation. It's God's perspective on the situation. Vision is a bridge between the present and the future. In this story, what happens is Habakkuk is given, it says that he is given specific instruction. And God says to Habakkuk, he says, write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. We've got to understand in order for us to walk in the vision that God has called us to walk in for our lives, the vision is going to require some action from our part. It's one thing to just get a vision as a fluffy idea of what would be nice one day. It's one thing to just get a vision of God doing some great things. But you've got to understand that our job, when God downloads vision, our job is to actually put some action to the vision that God has spoken into our heart and into our spirit. I wrote this down. Vision, it's, it's a quote from Nelson Mandela. Vision without action is just a dream. Action without vision just passes the time. 
and vision with action can change the world. We got to understand that what God has called you to do, you're going to need to get a download from heaven. What does the word vision mean? If you look it up, the word vision can be interpreted as the word revelation. Vision from heaven, a vision from God is not just, it's not just a good idea. It's not just a nice pretty picture. It's a revelation. And you'll know when you've ever got, if you've ever gotten a revelation from God, God has ever downloaded a vision from God is something very powerful. And it it, it stirs your heart and stirs your spirit when God gives you a vision for your life and for your situation. It'll stir you. That's why it says when those get that vision, they will run. You'll get energy. You'll You'll get driven when you get a vision in your heart and a vision in your spirit. And this is what happened in this story. God downloads and speaks to him this vision. It says, a man, I wrote this down, a man, we've got to be careful because when God, when God gives us this vision, what it is, is if you, if you look at that, that word and you unwrap it, it actually means that one of the interpretations with the word run, it says to move speedily and it means to guard, to guard or protect. When you, get, when you get a vision from heaven, you have to also understand if you want to walk in that vision, what God has called you to do. And when I talk about vision, I'm talking about a revelation from God. You need to learn how to run with it and you need to learn how to guard and protect that vision. Let me tell you something. Not everyone around you is ready to hear the vision that God has spoken to you. Because sometimes when you share that vision that God has put on your heart, you need to make sure that you're sharing it with people of faith. Because what God has spoken to you in a vision, it's something that cannot be accomplished if it came from God. It cannot be accomplished in the natural. So that means natural ears are not gonna pick up on it. You need someone of the Spirit that can hear what you're talking about and partner with you and say, you know what? I can see that in my spirit. I'm gonna partner with you and I believe you'll walk in that. You've got to guard and protect your vision. You've got to guard who you, uh, who you get around, guard who you share it with, guard who you partner with. Because something that's very, very dangerous is someone without a vision. Someone who has no vision for their life is a very, very, very dangerous thing. A man without a vision is a man without a future. A man without a future will always return to his past. If you get around people that don't have a vision for their life, don't have a vision for what God has called them to do, haven't got a revelation from God, what they'll want to do is they'll want to grab a hold of your vision and pull your vision down. That's why you've got to be careful. You've got to guard. You've got to guard and you've got to protect what God has spoken to your life. Because you need to understand if God has deposited in your heart, if you've caught it, if you've caught that revelation, then it's something of value. You've got to protect it. We always guard and protect that which we value the most. You've got to guard it. You've got to protect it. Protect what God has deposited down into your heart. I remember, I remember going through this in my own life. I remember as a young, a young guy and just, just come into, just gone into, to, to helping out with the church. I wanted to say ministry, but I wasn't even really in ministry necessarily. I was just helping out at the church. 
I was volunteering at the church a lot. And I remember I was just a young guy and, and, and just passionate for God. And God had saved me out of the world and, and set me free. And I was, you know, I was trying to live right. And I loved the Lord. And, and I was helping out in the youth ministry. And I remember I get this, I remember they gave me this opportunity. I remember they said to me, will you, will you share something during the offering time? You got five minutes. Will you just share something? And I remember I thought it was the greatest opportunity of my whole life. And I remember I thought I would love to. I'll be honoured. I remember going home and I remember praying and seeking God and saying, God, show me. I was freaking out, man. I didn't know what I was going to do and what I was going to say. It was just five minutes, but... I remember walking around. I remember I, I used to go to this football field just down from my parents' house and I'd go there at night to pray. And I remember I'd walk around that football field and, and I would just pray. And I remember I'd pray and prepare and, and ask God for, to give me words and ask God to give me things to preach and, and things like that. And I remember one time when it first happened, I remember walking around that, that football field. And as I was walking around, just praying, just, just seeking the Lord, God just began to speak to me and said, Ben, you'll see. You'll, you'll get to preach to thousands of teenagers. You'll get to the opportunity to preach messages to thousands of people across the world and, and, and you'll get opportunities to do this. And, and I, want you, I want you to understand for me, where I was at that time, it was so far from what, so far from my natural imagination. I didn't grow up. I, I didn't grow up in a ministry family. I I, I grew up. My dad was an attorney. Uh, my mum was a psychologist. You know, I tell people when you're an out of control teenager and your mum is a psychologist and your dad is an attorney, that's a pretty interesting combination to grow up with. It means your mum's a psychologist, so she knows what you're going to do before you do it. But what's good is your dad's an attorney, so once you've done it, he can help you out. It just it worked together really well. And but but I didn't grow up I didn't grow up seeing big church conferences. I didn't grow up knowing what it was to preach big sermons. I didn't I didn't understand the church world, but 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 when I would get with God and I would get in the in the presence of God and and I would start to pray, God would begin to download these these visions in my heart and it would take over me and and I would start seeing it. But I remember getting so scared about who I would share it with because I knew that there were people that would look at my life and knew what I was like just months before that and knew what I'd come out of and knew the mistakes I'd made and I knew that I couldn't just share it with anyone because not everybody could catch what God had deposited in my heart. And I remember when I finished, when, when you know, I ended up years later in ministry and, and I took over an organisation called Youth Alive. And I remember we put together our first Youth Alive rally and, and I'll never forget when we stood in that arena and, and it was the year that I moved to, to come here and two years ago and I stood in that arena and looked around and we had 6,000 teenagers pack this arena. And I remember I was getting ready to get up and preach and I remember I'm standing on the side of stage about to get out and preach to 6,000 teenagers. And the Holy Spirit just spoke to me and said, remember the football field 10 years ago when you got a vision and it began to just stir in my heart. I want to tell you, when God deposits a vision in your heart, it'll come to pass if you make a decision. You're going to put some action to the vision. It didn't just happen. It was years and years of, of just serving in church, serving in the youth ministry. And all that time, what God was doing is God was doing a work in my heart taking away the edges, dealing with the pride, dealing with the fear, dealing with the insecurities and preparing me to be the person that He needed me to be in order to facilitate the vision that He called me to walk in. 
God's got a great vision for your life. He's got, you were not born just by accident. You're not here tonight just by accident. There's a vision. He's got a vision for your life. And He wants you to walk in it. I want to give you a couple of quick things. I promise you I won't be that long. How many know preachers always say that and they lie, but that's okay. A couple of quick things when it comes to vision. I want to give you, and I've already touched on it a little bit, but I want to just give you these couple of quick things. How to find how to find the vision, how to find vision. Four places that you can find vision. The first place to find vision is a place of prayer. A place of prayer. If you can build this as a part in your life, as a lifestyle, prayer's got to be a lifestyle. Prayer's not something you do. Prayer's got to be a part of who you are. The Bible says that we need to pray. It says pray without ceasing. God will put vision in your heart. I've had it happen to me so many times at random times because I've learned more and more. I've learned to make prayer a part of my life. Just as I'm walking around, I was walking, Carissa was away in, in Georgia and yesterday I, I just, you know, I, I was in our apartment and, and we got windows that just sort of look out on, onto, onto Orange County there and, and the city and the buildings and, and I'm walking and I'm just looking out and as I'm sort of praying, God just begins to speak vision into my heart for Orange County. Vision for what God has called us to do as a church. Vision for what God has got for your house and for your marriage and for your children. But you hear vision gets downloaded in a place of prayer. We have prayer meetings here. For those of you who perhaps don't know, 6.30 to 7.30, just for one hour, we pray here every Saturday night. It's not a big, big, huge service. It's not a band. It's just, it's just you're just stuck with me for one hour. That's all it is. And we just simply pray. There's nothing special. There's nothing hyped about it. We've got some worship that we play in the speakers. And let me tell you something. It might shock you, but sometimes I don't want to come and pray. I know I just split the church in half. Some of you are like, can't breathe. But listen, sometimes it'll be like on a Saturday. And listen, sometimes the, the Bible says the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And sometimes, you know, on a Saturday, I can be, can I be real with you? Sometimes, you know, I, I've got so much to do and we're preparing and, and getting things right and with Caressa and, and we're, we're busy. And, and then, you know, I'll know I've got to go into the church and lead the prayer meeting. And my flesh doesn't want to. And, and we'll come in. I'll be like, let's pray. Let's believe. And then I want to tell you something. And something happens every time. We don't have just but a handful of people in here. I'm telling you something. I would rather pray with a handful of people that know what it is to reach up and grab a hold of a miracle from heaven than get in a, in a room full of people that don't even know what saying a prayer looks like. I need to get with some, some people that have got some faith. And if you gather some people, you, you just got a couple, the Bible says, that agree. There I am in the midst. And it says, if you can gather just a few, and that's what we do on a Saturday. And then I just sort of start walking and just start praying. And as I start praying, and as I start declaring what God has called us to do as a church, and I start praying over your marriages and praying over your families and praying over your business and praying over your children and speaking out blessing and speaking out purpose and calling out miracles and calling lost kids to come home and calling the lost and the backslidden to come back. As I start to pray and declare it, God begins to download vision for what it is that I'm praying for. I want to tell you, if you can be someone that can get in the place of prayer, God will download a supernatural vision into your heart. The prayer, the prayer place, it's so powerful. Sometimes I'll go out and I'll walk around. You've heard me say, sometimes I'll walk around Irvine. You might have seen me. I'm the weird man that just walks around sometimes. Sometimes I get lost. I've got to get on my GPS and we go, where the heck am I? 
I remember one time I was praying and I was, and I was walking and then finally I stopped. I got so in the zone. I looked at my watch. It must have been two hours. My feet were sore. I took my shoes and socks off. I sat on the grass. I was exhausted. I rang my wife. She said, where are you? I said, I don't know. I said, can you come get me? I've got blisters. I'm sore. I don't know what's going on. But, but something happens. Listen, you get in that place of prayer. And the Holy Spirit starts to, you know what I'm talking about? The Holy Spirit will take over and you start getting pumped. You start getting full of vision. You start seeing what God's called us to do. I want to tell you, God has called us to do phenomenal, life-changing things as a church. I'm full of vision for this church. I'm full of vision for this campuses. I can see God using us to plan other campuses up and down this coast. I can see God moving in other cities. I can see small groups started. I can see lost people coming back. I can see miracles happening. I can see blind seeing. I can see lost coming back to know God. I can see the backsliding coming in through the doors. We gotta get vision, but He'll give it to you in a place of prayer. You're not going to get vision just sitting there watching Netflix. And listen, hear my heart. There's a time for that. There's a season for that. You've got to have a season for rest. But I want to tell you, if you want vision to take over you, you've got to be, you've got to be strategic. You've got to make a decision. You know what? I want this thing. I'm going to put myself in a place of prayer. And God will download vision into your heart. Vision is a powerful thing. Once you get a hold of vision, I'm telling you, some, a, a, some, a man with vision is unstoppable. You can, you can try everything. You can put obstacles up against him. You can make it hard for him. You can tell him he can't do it. You can say he doesn't have the funds. You can say you don't have the ability. You can say it's not going to happen. You can say there's closed doors. You can say it's too difficult. But I want to tell you, when someone gets stirred vision in their heart, all hell can't stop you because you got a revelation from God about what He's called you to walk in. Vision, look at this, Acts 7 verse 54. This is when Peter gets martyred. This is a crazy moment. This is where they stone Peter to death. Horrible time, can you imagine? But look at this, verse 54, he had been preaching and they hated what he was saying so much. They came at him. I mean, you know when a sermon's going rough, when people start running at you. Come on, at least that lady was headed that way. You know what I'm talking about? But what happens is, but look at this, what happened? Peter's preaching. (laughs) Peter's preaching and they start throwing stones at him. And then look at this in verse 54, it says, when they heard these things, they were cut to the teeth and they gnashed at him with their teeth. Don't ever do that to me while I'm preaching, that freaked me out. What does that even look like? Some of you are doing it right now. Stop that. <laughs> look at this. They're coming at him. It says, and if you look at it, it says in verse 50, 55, but he being full of the Holy Spirit in the middle of these men coming at him to stone him and kill him, he being full of the Holy Spirit gazed into heaven. And what happened? And he saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And He said, look, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. What happened right in the middle of 
Stephen being stoned to death. He's got all hell coming at him. But right in the middle of it, he looks up to heaven and God gives him a vision through the Holy Spirit. I wanna tell you, when you get vision, there's nothing that you cannot walk through. All hell cannot stop you. It'll stir you. You'll go to hell and back. But if you've got a vision in your heart, you'll keep standing. What do you need to walk through the challenges you're going through with your family? You need a vision from God. You gotta get in that prayer place and you gotta shut that door and say, I'm not leaving this room until God, you give me a vision for my family and a vision for my life. I watch this. I watch my parents do it. That we have, I have, I'm one of four siblings and you've heard me share about my parents before, but they were peop, they're people of prayer. My older sister rebelled and, and she was going crazy at 15. I remember she'd be 15 years old and a car would pull up at the front of our house full of all these crazy people and she'd run out and jump in the car and it would take off and they wouldn't know where she was for days on end. And I remember my dad would go, I was telling the, 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 the Javon and that years ago, what my dad would do is he'd wake up in the night and he'd get a feeling and he'd wake up in the night and she's not there and he'd have his pyjamas on and he'd just put sand shoes on and he'd get in the car and he'd go down to the nightclubs down in downtown Melbourne and he'd walk past out the front of the nightclub. You've got all of the people standing there waiting to get in all, all dressed up nice and then right at the front, there's a big bouncer there you know, with a little rope and he's letting people through. And the car would pull up and my dad would get out in his pyjamas and sand shoes on. And he would walk right up to that bouncer and said, I need to get in, my daughter's inside. And the bouncer would look at this man with fire in his eyes and just unhook the thing and just let him walk straight through. And I would watch my dad, he would go from nightclub to nightclub. And I remember he would walk through the all hell and back. I remember he under, but why, why was he able to just keep fighting and keep persevering? Because they had a vision from God as to what God had called their family to. As for me and my house, we're gonna serve the Lord. So whether she's in a club, I'll go get her. If she's up against this, I'm gonna reach down to hell and pull her out. When you get a vision, nothing can stop you but you get a vision in a place of prayer. What do you see? Not what is around you, what's in the scope. Get, the, get in the scope of the Holy Spirit. You get that in a prayer place, you get in the scope of the Holy Spirit. Listen, it takes but a moment. All you need is just that moment, just that touch of God in that prayer place and God will get the Holy Spirit will give you a nudge and say, let me see, let me show you what I see. Come here, look, there's something on the other end. Hang in there, get a vision from God. The second thing, this place to find your vision is in His presence. In His presence. First thing is in a place of prayer. The second thing is in place of the presence of God. We've got to practice the presence of God. That's why it's so powerful in worship. Learn to generate an atmosphere around you that facilitates the presence of God and the power of God in your life. You got, we got to guard, we as, as, as Christians, we got to learn what it is to guard the presence of God. The presence of God in the Old Testament, we know it was the Ark of the Covenant. And when, when God would, spoke to Joshua and said, I want you to walk around the city, He gave him very specific instruction in regard to walking around Jericho. And He said, I want you to put guards. He says, put guards around the Ark. He says, put them in front, put them on the sides, put them on the back. And as you march around, I want you to guard and protect the ark. And we as Christians, this is a picture for us. You've got to learn what it is to guard and protect the presence of God in my life. 
You've got to learn what it is. I'm, I'm learning more and more what it is to protect the presence in my life. To guard and protect it. I'm not going to let anything come into my life or come into my house where the presence of God, if the presence of God cannot stay there, then I don't want that thing coming in. You've got to guard and protect the presence of God in your life. Because if you can learn to facilitate the presence of God, it'll be in the presence of God that God will drop a vision in your heart. You could be driving to work, just listening to worship. God will drop a vision. It's powerful when you get a vision. Are you still with me? Third thing, and we're going to wrap up soon, I promise. How many know I always say that? Third thing, and I touched on this before. The first thing is a prayer. The second thing is presence. And the third thing is people. People. The right people. I talked before about wrong people. But I want to talk about you get with the right people. And the right people can help facilitate a vision download into your life. And I was joking about it before, but you know, having the opportunity to go to, to Pastor John Hagee's ranch, I want to tell you, it was a life-changing experience for me. Because what I was able to do, there were some other men there. Dr. James Robeson was there. And, and what I was able to do was to sit with some of these men, some of these generals of the faith, some of these men that have gone further. They're a bit further down the track. And what they can do is they, they can download things into your heart that stir vision. And you just sit with him and, and he just begins to just talk and, and just share the things of God and just share what he's passionate about and just begins to download revelation. And I'm sitting with him and it'll happen at times. I'll get with, with my father-in-law, Pastor Jensen, and, and at times and he'll just begin to speak and, and I'm just sitting there just hungry, just taking in every word. And what's happening is, is I start to get vision in my life. You, got, you want to get around people that stir vision. And I want to use this as an opportunity to encourage some people here that perhaps think they're too old for this church that perhaps think they're too old to do anything from God. I want to tell you, some of the greatest people in my life are people that are far beyond me in their years. But when I get with them and they deposit and download and stir some wisdom and stir some vision, listen, what some of us younger people in ministry, we need, and I'm telling you, we need it, is I need older people to come, come along beside us and say, bro, I'm a bit further down the road, but I want to tell you, I can see what you're called to do. Keep going. Keep powering on. We need that. And I want to encourage you, those of you, and we like to call them in our church, the young at hearts. You're not old. You're not elderly. You're young at heart. The body might be weak, but the spirit is still strong. And I've said it before. I've met some 80-year-olds that are like 13-year-olds in the spirit. They've got energy in the spirit and they'll run rings around most teenagers. But I want to stir you and encourage you. Don't sideline yourself. We need people to get alongside us and stir the vision. Stir the vision. The right people. You connect with the right people. You get with the right people. It'll stir the vision and the, and the last thing, and I'm about to close. First was prayer. Second, presence. Third, people. The fourth thing that'll get, you'll find vision is, you find vision in His promises. The Word of God is His promise for our life. Because you've got to understand what God has called you to do is a great thing. God has great things for your life. God has not just great things. God has supernatural things for your life. And one of the things that we need to use and we need to understand because the Word of God, what the Word of God is, the Word of God is the, it's the right filter 
for us to look through to see the vision that God has called us to walk in. Because if I'm looking through a scope and if I have, if I have a problem in my vision, perhaps I have I'm nearsighted or I'm long-sighted or I, have a, or I have a problem with my natural eyes to look through a scope. If I look through a scope and, and I have a blurred vision or double vision, how many know I can look through the scope, but it's not gonna look clear? So in the natural, what we do is if something doesn't look clear, we put something in front of it to make the right adjustment, don't we? So I'm looking through a scope. It doesn't look clear. So what I do is I put a filter in front of it. So when I look through the filter, the right filter will make the right corrections and help me to see clearly what I'm called to do and where I'm called to go. And that's what this Word is. What you need to do is you need to look at the vision filtered through the Word. Because what it will do is when you look at your vision and perhaps your vision, you may look at yourself and see the vision and think, well, I can't do that. How am I gonna do that? That's what happens. Listen, I, I, I see what God has called us to do as a church and as a campus here. And I've got to be honest, I look at my life and I think, man, how am I gonna, how are we gonna do it? I don't know what I'm doing. We don't know what we're doing. How are we gonna, how are we gonna continue to grow the church? How are we gonna set up everything? How are we gonna do, do the buildings and buy the properties and, and build the campuses and facilitate everything and add to the staff? And how are we gonna do it? But when I get the Word, and I put the Word in front of my vision, in front of my eyes, and I look at the vision through the Word, I see I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. When I look at my life and I think, man, I don't, I don't know what to preach. I don't know. I'm still journeying through things. I'm still listening. What we've got to do is we've got to keep, you've got to keep putting the Word. Some of you, you're looking at your family and you're looking at your marriage and you're looking at your situation and it's blurred and it's, it's issues and, it's, and it's, it's disjointed and it doesn't seem to work. You've got to put the Word in front of your eyes to filter the vision. Whatever you look at, you've got to look at it filtered through the Word of God. And then there you'll be able to see the vision. What does God say in His Word? What's His promise for your family? As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. That's the vision. Now it might be difficult now, it might not be happening now, but that's just where I am now. I'm focusing on where I'm headed, where I'm going, what I'm going to walk in. That's the vision. What they would do is in the Old Testament, and I'm about to close. In the Old Testament, what they would do is they would have the, the brazen altar where you would walk in the gate. In the Old Testament, before they would come to the holy place where God was, they would have the brazen altar where you would bring a sacrifice, an animal sacrifice, and you'd kill that sacrifice on the altar and then you would go past that. And then after the altar, there would be the bronze laver, which was a bronze 
it was a large bronze bowl and it was filled with water. And what they would have to do is after they made the sacrifice, they would come to that bronze bowl that was filled with water and they would have to wash. They would lean over that bowl and they would look down into that bowl and they would wash their hands before they then went on into the holy place. But if you look at this and you study this, what they would do is what they actually made that bowl from was all of the women brought their mirrors Because back in the day, they didn't have mirrors like we know them to be. Mirrors were made of brass and they were polished up brass so that you could see your reflection in it. And what they did was all of the the women brought these brass mirrors and this was what they made this bowl out of. How many know God's moving when a woman's willing to give up her mirror? You know, that's a miracle. And they would bring, and that's what they made the bowl out of. So when they came to wash their hands and they looked down into that reflection of that mirror. See, it's a picture for us in the church now of how we need to see ourselves because one of the things that's gonna stop you and one of the most powerful weapons that the enemy has in stopping you from walking in the vision that God's called you to walk in is how you view yourself. But what this picture shows us, just like they could see their reflection in the bottom of the bowl, in the bottom of the mirror, they had to look through the water to see themselves. And the water represents the Word of God. So how do you have to view yourself? You've got to actually hold up the Word of God as a filter for yourself to view yourself, not through your eyes, but through the eyes of God. What does God say about you? What does God say about what you're called to do? Because guess what? I wanna tell you something, you're right. You cannot do it on your own, but it's not by might, nor is it by power, but it's by my Spirit. And what God is looking for is people that are full of vision, humble in heart, hungry in spirit to say, God, will you use me to facilitate this vision that you have called me to walk in? Because I wanna tell you what God has for you is greater than you could possibly think of or imagine. Vision. And so before we close and let's all stand to our feet. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you were blessed.